life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. All right, guys, we've got a fantastic one today. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, the war baby, Udo Erasmus. You guys might notice a little bit of background noise. I'm up here at the Lake House in uh, Door County, Wisconsin. Um, Udo Erasmus, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Hey, glad to be on. Let's see if we can biohack some secrets. I'm I'm very excited because, uh, as I mentioned to you before we hit record, your uh, Udo's 369 oil blend was probably one of the first health products that I ever purchased when I was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a high school soccer player, wanted to play college uh, in so uh, wanted to play soccer in college. I was I was looking for every little bit of an edge that I could get. And uh, that led me to a lot of the work that you've done. Your 369 yeah. oil blend. I'd be drinking yeah. that stuff. I actually remember coming down early to train with the soccer team and bringing my my oils that needed to be refrigerated. Yep, yep, <laughs> but they're yep, like, yep. Who, is, who is this kid coming down with oils that he needs to keep in the refrigerator yeah. and that he's swigging in the morning and this and that. Um, so I'm, I'm very familiar with a lot of the work and the products that you've created. But for our listeners who might not be, can you give us a little bit of your origin story? Well, my origin story is I'm 81 years old and I was born in 1942 in Poland, which was then part of Germany. My parents came from Latvia and Estonia, and Hitler and Stalin made a non-aggression pact and for agreeing not to fight each other, which of course they broke later, but uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> Latvia went to the Soviet Union and part of Poland went to Germany, but there was nobody from Latvia or Poland at the meeting. In other words, they just took it because they were big and you know, Poland was small and Latvia was small and they, 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 you know, they, they couldn't do anything about it. So Lots my parents changed, left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> the big are still stealing from the little and bullying is still a big deal, right? Exactly. But, they just find so, other creative ways to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, so my, my parents left Latvia because they loved Russians and they hated communism because in communism, everything got taken away from everybody. Everything mm -hmm. was state-owned. So they were given a farm in Poland, which was then Germany, because they had German-Swedish background, I've, right? And so he ended up working on a farm, having a farm, and the farmer who owned the farm before it, the land was given to Germany ended up being my father's farmhand on his own farm. And I was a little tense for a while. And then they said, listen, this we're living in really crazy times. Let's just run the farm the way a farm needs to be run. And when all this stuff shakes out, then we'll sort it out. And they became really good friends and they helped us get out of Poland uh, at the end of the war, by which time my father was gone. Uh, my mother was by herself with six young kids under six in a horse-drawn hay wagon on a dirt road with no military presence. And the communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks. And the allies, who are supposed to be the good guys, were using us as target practice. They were shooting at us from planes. There was no military presence. They were using refugees as target practice, the allies, right? Wow. Now, what do I remember? I don't remember a lot of it. I, I know there were dead people and dead horses in the ditches. 
I remember not feeling safe. That was the biggest feeling, not feeling safe. I remember feeling hungry, uh, not knowing what I could count on. And so I had a, like a pretty uh, intense childhood. And so I was very shy and I loved reading books because books are safe. You know, you yeah. can read about a war, but there are no bullets flying. It's different <laughs> when the bullets are flying, right? Yeah. And so we, when I was six years old, we were in Germany and I got left behind. I was in an orphanage for a while. So, you know, this, my mother had to leave some of her kids behind. Imagine a woman, a mother having to make that decision. And then she went through the field. So she got out. My, her sister finally got, came back and fetched us out. And we got all, all got reunited. When I was six year old, we're living in Germany. And I listened to pe adults argue. And it always made me feel really uneasy because they were so intense, right? And they, and they were arguing about things that to me as a six-year-old just seemed really trivial. So why are you arguing about that? Who cares about that? And I, it occurred to me one day when I listened to one of those arguments, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And this little cocky voice, and I'm going to find out how. You know, six-year-old doesn't know how complicated everything is going to figure out how to, people can live in harmony. But that's been my driver all my life. Everything I've done, it's like, it always came back to that. And so I, I got into, uh, you know, because I wanted a certain amount of predictability, I got into science because when you know how things work, you get a certain amount of control and predictability. So I went into science. Then I went into biosciences to figure out how creatures work. Then I went into psychology to figure out how thinking works. Then mm -hmm. I went into medicine because I wanted to know what health is. But they only taught about disease. So I went back into biochemistry and genetics because in biology, you actually learn about health because you're studying the normal functioning of normal creatures in normal situations. Whereas medicine's always studying what's wrong instead of what could be right. So how are you going to yeah. get somebody healthy if you don't know what health is? And I talked right. to the dean during that first year of medicine. I said to him, what is health? I came here to study health. He says, we don't know. We're working on it. And that's, you know, <laughs> that was the end of my medical career. They also told us that a doctor should always sound as though he knows what's going on, even when he doesn't. And uh, <laughs> we call that lying on the farm, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I was not going to make a li my living lying to people and pretending that I knew when I didn't know. Made sense right. to me to say, look, I don't know. Let me see if I can find out. <clears throat> but it didn't make sense to me just to just to just to lie to people, bald faced right. lies and then give them stuff that, you know, you know. So anyway, so that's how I and then I left university because I was looking for I wanted to know what life is in biology. That's called the study of life. But we didn't study life in biology. We studied form and function. And if we started with a living organism, by the time we're done with it, studying it, it was dead. And I thought when I went into biology that at some point we would get a beaker of life. And I pictured it as liquid and shining, but we never got the beaker. So we got form and function. In psychology, which was study of soul, we didn't study soul either. We studied uh, beliefs and emotions, but we never studied soul. In medicine, we didn't study health. <laughs> You know, uh, you look at all of that, you know, we study problems and we don't and we don't study solutions because we're not actually looking for what's right. We spend most of our time always focused on what's wrong, which is why you have so much conflict in the world, which is why 
the, the, you know, the Republicans and Democrats are at each other's throats, even though as human beings, we have 99.9999999% all the same issues to deal with. And why mm -hmm. aren't we cooperating to deal with those issues? And instead, right. we take some, pick some little stupid head trip, and then we fight about the head trip. And, it's, right. and when you think about it, it's really trivial. All of it, both sides. Completely. Completely. <laughs> you know? No, that, I mean, that's a very interesting perspective. Yeah, please keep going. Yeah, so then I left, left university because I was still looking for something, and I got a little into psychedelics. And I, I, happened, to, <laughs> I happened to work in a neurological research lab. They had 144 ampoules of Sandoz LSD. This was the original pharmaceutical uh, LSD. And I snitched six ampoules <laughs> out of the back of the thing where, where they were. Didn't say anything to anybody. And uh, I used one of them, 60, mic 60 micrograms, like it's a really small dose. And that blew that trip, that LSD trip, blew the door off my childhood, my, my war child personality. And what happened was I was like lying on the, the trauma. Well, yeah, let me explain how what happened is so I take it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just heard some people. I asked somebody, what is LSD like? He said to me, well, if you haven't taken it, I can't explain it to you. And if you have taken it, I don't need to explain it to you. And I thought, what a good what a good description about mm -hmm. something that you can't put in words. You have to experience mm -hmm. for yourself. So I'm rolling on the floor laughing. The tears are running down my cheeks. We're listening to Mozart, and I'm laughing in time with the music. <laughs> and, and the reason I was laughing, because it struck me as so funny that everything that I was so studiously looking for in the world was actually present already within me. That just struck me as the funniest thing. Yeah. And, that, and, and then I realized, oh my God, there's a thousand ways I could live. I have so many choices. I had never seen that before. And yeah. oh my God. And then it took me 15 years to figure out how I wanted to live. So that was, so I did some psychedelics, had some very powerful experiences. And I had some very powerful experiences without psychedelics too. And so what happened is I had left university before I, before I did that. Uh, and I then decided that, you know, still trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way to live? You know, how can, I mean, I'm a human being. I came in with no roadmap, just like everybody else. And I live in a world where everybody has an opinion and there are as many opinion as there are people, probably more opinions than there are people. <laughs> What's the best way to live in the time I have on this planet? And so I got to the point where I said, you know, of all the stuff I've ever read, the most interesting was always came from sages, wise people, masters. And given I was in a Christian culture, I decided one day, you know, nobody remembers my grandfather. He hasn't been dead for 50 years. I didn't know him because he was dead before I was born. But they're still talking about this Jesus guy 2,000 years later. How come? You know, what is it about him that made him memorable? And I didn't get into, you know, what, it, what the church did and how the message got put on his head. And maybe there never was such a person, you know, which are some of the arguments some people make. But I took it at its, at its face value and said, I would like to know what it was about him. And then when I 
you know, when I tailored it down, it was like, actually what I want is I want to have the experience that he experienced, that made him able to live the way he did, talk the way he did, do what he did. I don't want to get crucified. I don't want a religion named after me. I don't want to be Jesus, but I want to know what was the experience. That must be possible. So I got mm -hmm. the red letter edition where everything Jesus says is in red ink and everything else in that Bible is in black ink. I've got one. What, 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 did, what did you get, the, the King James Version? King, King James Version. Yeah, big, yeah, I've got one of those as well. Big fat one. Yep. And I read and I just read the red stuff because yep. I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to try and get as close to what, what was the essence of the message as I mm -hmm. could. Well, you don't talk to Paul the for that. And you don't talk to, you know, you don't talk to Moses for that. You want to, you want to focus on what, what there is from him, what he said. Mm -hmm. You know, given that's 2,000 years ago and language was different and the language he spoke in was different. But, you know, at least, at least, yeah, at least try, right? At least mm -hmm. try and figure it out. So I, and then I put, put it to the test and I took some risks that if, if you know, because at one thing he says, don't worry about where you're going to, where you're going to sleep and what you're going to eat because all these things will be provided. So I went into places where if it wasn't provided, I would go very hungry and I'd be pretty exposed. And so incredible magic happened. Every time I did it, incredible magic happened. And I, so I was impressed, right? And then this group of Christians came up the West Coast of, uh, from California to Vancouver, where I lived, right? And they called themselves the Jesus People's Army. That should have been a, a, a warning to me <laughs> because army is not exactly a really good word in my war baby experience. But I completely missed the cue. And I thought, well, these guys, guys who are trying to figure it out just like I am. So I guess what we're going to do is we're all going to get together. We're all going to tell our stories, what we've learned and what we're doing and how we do it. You know, like in a, like a fireside or something, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll all ex tell our experiences and we'll all leave the meeting enriched, right? So I, uh, they, had a, they ran a coffee house. I went to the coffee house, sat down at a table. And this moment I sat down, this guy swooped in next to me on a chair. And I missed that cue too, <laughs> right? Whoa, why, what was that, right? And so I looked him in the eyes. I didn't introduce myself. I just looked him in the eyes and I said, it must be possible to see God and live. Because when we were kids, we were told, if you see God, you die. And oh. I had a problem with that because it's like, wait a minute. He's my father. He loves me unconditionally. He takes care of everything. He takes care of me when I'm sleeping and allows me to wake up in the morning. But if I look at him, he, he kills me. It's like. Makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> you know? so, so I said that to him, you know, and I expected that we would have a conversation. Well, he jumped out of his chair and his arms were flailing wildly in the, it, it, you know, and he yelled at the top of his lungs, you're from the devil, you're from the Antichrist, get out. So I go slinking out of there. Now I'm standing on the side where he said, shit, I haven't seen God. Maybe I'm asking a question I shouldn't be asking. Right. And I got really confused and really desperate and really sincere because when you're desperate enough, you become really sincere. I really wanted to know. I really wanted to know. So I decided to go out in nature for the weekend to clear my head. That's how I used to clear my head in those days. Right. Hitchhike to a beach. Nobody there. 
except logs and sand and the Pacific Ocean. And somebody had draped plastic over some logs and made this little dwelling. So I said, okay, here's my, here's my hotel for the, the weekend. And I lay down, fell asleep. And in the middle of the night, I woke bolt upright from being dead asleep. And there was this being made of light on a cloud made of light, but the being was brighter than the cloud. And I couldn't tell if it was male or female. And I couldn't tell if it was old or young. And there was no label on it and there were no words, but this being embodied a message and I could put words to the message. And either I say it was, you know, energy or light has no lips and doesn't speak English. So I had to do the translation, right? And the message was, I am come not to judge, but to love. I am come not to judge, but to love. Not to judge, but to love? But to love. And yeah. instantly, my desperation completely evaporated. So I really have to thank this guy who jumped out and cursed me because he set me up for, <laughs> for the most powerful experience I've had in my life, right? So I am come not to judge, but to love. So then I started thinking, well, who was that? Because didn't was have there a label. A color to that? Was there a color or an aura to the bean? Uh, I would say golden light. Okay. Yeah, I've never, I've never thought about that question. Had no wings, so it wasn't an angel. You know, that's how I, yeah, that's yeah. how I thought. No, about I've heard it. a few, I've heard a few of these stories, and and it's there's sometimes different colors, sometimes blue. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've never had one, but I'm fascinated by them. Yeah, and yeah. I trust the people who have shared them with me. Yeah, enough and, to know that, that that they happened. Yeah, and it was, and it was based on a on a state of being of really wanting to know. It was not based on drugs or hallucinations. So it was completely different. So then I, I'm thinking, well, who was that? Well, was that Christ, like the ascended Christ? Or was that spirit? Or was that my life? And it turns out those three are all the same. Christ is life. Now, let me, let me, let me translate that back, okay? Life, you know, the sun hits the earth after it's filtered through 93 million miles and the Earth's atmosphere. So a fraction of solar energy hits the plant, so it's filtered by the plant, and that fraction of energy goes into uh, bonds between atoms to make molecules. That's where it's stored. We eat this, those molecules. We break them down in our cells. When the bond gets broken, that solar energy is released, and that's the energy we live on. So we are solar energy gadgets, and life energy is solar energy. I feel like that's a big, that's going to be a big talking point. And it's going to tie into like a few of our listeners have already wrote in with questions for you. Okay. I'm going to kind of just weave them in because it'll be relevant. But that's, yeah, yeah. that's a big point that you okay. just made there. So okay, life so, energy is solar energy. Yeah. Okay. So now, not only that, the second thing is, if I ask you, Anthony, whose body is that? What was your answer? The body that my soul is residing in at this no. moment? Yeah, okay. Most people would say it's my body. Right. Right? So if you say this is my body, you have now said I am not the body. I am the owner of the body. This is my body, my possession. Well, if you're the owner of the body, who are you as owner of the body? Well, I am life. Life owns the body. And life weighs nothing, runs everything. Right? Uses the genetic program that life also created. Right? 
So I am so I am actually not this body. I am life. So is every one of the eight other eight billion people on the planet. Now, when you so then I say, okay, uh, you know, life. I I I was sitting on a porch one day and thinking, you know. I've been bitching about the war and all the bad things that happened to me for years and years and years. And I was really good at bitching. I mean, I could figure, you come with anything and I could tell you in five minutes what was the limitation and where it was off. I was really good at it. Yeah, yeah I'm smart. Yeah. I, I was really good at it. So my sister took me aside one day and said, you know, Udo, we, we agree with all of this stuff you bitch about. But the problem with you is you just bitch. You don't do anything to fix it. <laughs> that's why there's a that's why that's there's a, that's why there's an Udo's oil. So you have to thank my sister because that just rocked my world. I said, yeah, that's true. I'm just bitching. I'm not actually fixing anything. The modern man is devolving and at a rapid pace. Men today have an average IQ that's eight points lower than they were just 20 years ago. Men today are 50% more likely to be depressed compared to just 20 years ago, are 300% more likely to be obese compared to just 60 years ago, have sperm counts that are 62% lower than they were just 50 years ago, and have testosterone levels that are about 50% lower than they were just 20 years ago. But the reality is that it doesn't have to be this way. Your manhood, your strength, your power, your energy, your focus, all of these things are within your control. And you just need to recognize that all over the world, there are people that are curing cancer. There are people that are overcoming heart disease. Diabetes is a choice if you have the right tools at your disposal. But if you are one of the men that does not want to follow this pattern and you want to take control of this stuff, you want to have control over your body and mind, then I encourage you to go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, grab a time to talk with myself or someone from our team, Everything that we do is 100% guaranteed. If you're not absolutely thrilled with the results that you get, I don't want your money, I'll give it back. If you don't get a return, meaning if you don't make more money as a result of us working together because of greater energy, greater health, greater, greater focus, greater mental clarity, thinking faster, working smarter, getting more done in less time, then I don't want your money. So it's no risk to you. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of the Biohacking Secrets family. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you. Anyway, so so then I, I was thinking, wow, you know, through all my dramas and all my traumas, and it was, an, it was an intensely difficult childhood. Something took perfect care of me. What was that? Oh yeah, life took perfect care of me. Oh, I have never once thanked life for taking care of me through all of that stuff. Oh, well, maybe I should get to know it. it's been it's been awfully good to me. Maybe I should get to know it a little bit better. And then that question was, well, how do you get to know life? Well, you have to bring your focus out of your head and out of the world. And you have to bring your focus into the space your body occupies and then sense what is there. You can see it, you can hear it, you can feel it, and you can even taste it right? What is it inside of me that is life? So when you bring your focus inside into the energy that is life, now that energy is the master. It's the master of your body. And the master's message to humanity was, I am come not to judge, but to love. But that's also the message of life to your body. 
So every moment of every day, whether you were screwed up in your head or you were hurt in your body or you had emotional stuff going on or your environment was a disaster area, you were perfectly taken care of by the master of the body who happens to be the same as the master Buddha or Christ or whatever these various masters were, but is actually the master is life, which is solar energy practice. Uh, solar energy uh, fraction. So when people worship the sun, actually they're not very far off base because the sun runs everything on the planet, right? And, and that solar energy is stored in wood. So when you burn a fire, you're releasing solar energy. When you burn fossil fuels, you're re releasing solar energy that was stored in bonds between atoms to make coal, oil, gas, right? And that energy runs your dog and runs the trees and runs the tulips and, and runs the microbes and runs every human being on this planet. And the energy, that energy is empowering unconditional love. So your individual essence, my in, individual essence is unconditional love. But it's hard to live that way if you're not in touch with the feeling of being unconditionally loved by that life that you are. But when you do, you know, then it's like you feel so cared for that you say, okay, well, it's not about me anymore because I'm taken care of. And if I don't feel cared for, then I know where to go to feel cared for because it's caring for me every 24 seven, 365 lifelong. So I know where to go. And once I go there and I feel cared for, then what's left to do? What's left to do? Just to help. That's it. There's your, there's your purpose for life. Number one is to be fully present in the space your body occupies and your surroundings, not in your head. And once you've done that, there's nothing left to do but help. And then helping, what, is, what, do, you, what do you do? Help, whatever needs to be done, whatever's the biggest splash you can make for good on the, on the time that you have, that's what, that's what you get to do. So purpose one is to be present in the gift. And by the way, some people think it's selfish for you to spend time by yourself, with yourself, in silence, in stillness, to, to connect to your, your life, your God, your, your Christ, your creator, whatever you call that. And they say that's selfish. No, 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 no. That was a gift you were given. And if you don't, if you don't unwrap that gift, if you don't unpack that gift, it's a wasted gift because nobody else can enjoy it for you. Once you're, once you're fully present, you're also in touch with all of your talents. And so you can help in a lot more ways than it when you're not in touch. And that's why help, you help whatever is needed, whatever you can do as a human being fully present in their own space. Oh my God. And then it's like, okay, now you have the perfect life. Simultaneous presence inside and outside and helping. And there's something that feels really good here when you help make life better for people. I agree. I think... At the soul level, we all know that we are interconnected, yep. not just with all human beings, but all life yep. and plants and animals yep. and everything. Yep. And that that field that we are a part of what I mean, what you've described, I think I've, I have so many questions, but I want to unpack <laughs> it because you mentioned something that I've been curious about and exploring for a long time, which is the possibility that multiple stories and realities can all be true at the same time. Mm -hmm. being the story of, of God and the creation of life 
and Jesus and angels and demons. And also the story of the fact that if we look at the sun, the sun being the son of God, the source of all life on the planet. Yeah. And you follow the sun. And on December 22nd, I believe, it's at its lowest point in the sky. Yeah. And then it stays there for about three days. And on December 25th, Christmas is the first day that it starts ascending again into the sky. And that's the day that we say is the birth of Christ. But if if someone that, that was Jesus or Yeshua actually did live, mm-hmm. that there's no way that he was born December 25th. He was probably born somewhere closer to somebody told me somebody told me it was October 3rd. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard, I've heard these different, these different dates. Right. So I've wondered like how many of these different realities can all simultaneously exist and be true. I guess where I'm going to, what I'm going to ask is, do you have any thoughts on that? And, and also what do you believe you saw that day? Was it an angel? No, it didn't have any wings. (laughs) <laughs> no, see, I, well, that's, I mean, that was, that's how, well, angels have wings, you know, in my understanding. So I said, no, it's right. not an angel. So, no, so, so it, was, it was Christ or the ascended master, could have been Buddha, right. could have been, you know, it, I, but I, you know, my track was a Christian track because I come from a Christian right. culture. Yeah, yeah, I was baptized Catholic and consider myself a Christian, right. but I also or, but, or was a it, believer. Or was it life, mm-hmm. right? The life energy. That solar energy, mm-hmm. that life energy, was it that? Or was it my soul, mm-hmm. my spirit? Mm-hmm. Or spirit, because I don't think I, I don't think my body owns spirit, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. was it spirit? Right. Yeah. And, I, and my, my conclusion was they're all the same. Christ is the power that runs every human being, whether they're atheist or Christian or follow some other religion or whatever, because Christ is a name given by a certain culture or a certain religion to the solar energy fraction that is life. And if we made life the power word instead of Christ or Buddha or Krishna or Muhammad or whatever, we would probably do better to live together in harmony because life is the power word, right? But then because of certain certain experiences that people had in one nation or another nation or a culture or a geography on the planet, they gave a name to something very special that if you if you actually sift it out and ground it down, we're talking about life. Life is the power word, not even sex. You know, sex, we've made sex the power word. We've made Christ the power word. We made so many different things the power word. We've made money the power word, when actually the power world word on the planet is life because it is both the power and the sustainable, unconditional love that makes it sustainable. I can see some of our listeners right now saying, heck yeah. And I can see some people, especially that have come up in traditional doctrines, yeah. saying, heck no. Yeah. <laughs> and and I understand both. Yeah. But what you described earlier, I, I, I think of it sort of like this. And my perspective is, you know, we talked, we touched on briefly the division how often division is used to separate us from our power, separate us from, keep us from coming together and and rising up. And I think that possibly the most powerful framework with which I now see the world is you are a believer, believer in God, life, life affirming behaviors, or you're not. 
you you engage in the inversion things that are not life affir affirming okay. you know so yeah. you talked about biology you were hoping for life everything they were studying was death you go sort into of, yeah. medicine you're, you're hoping for health yeah. everything they're studying is illness yeah. you're looking at psychology yeah. you're, you're you're hoping to study soul um, soul soul yeah. and they're studying frameworks and how to think and you know essentially like tools and ways that people can indoctrinate themselves i'm adding words that you didn't say yeah. there but um and 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 i agree with a lot of this i think that if if in the simplest terms if you put something into is this life affirming mm -hmm. or not if the answer is yes this is life affirming you're on the right path i agree yeah, 100%. When you go into sex, you know, you can have sex that comes with abortion and and promiscuity and empty relationships. And that is not life affirming. You can have sex that builds a family and children and nations. And that is life affirming. Well, but OK, but you know, and I'm, not I, 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 I'm I'm a little careful when I go there. I'll tell you why. You know, you talk about yeah, please. you talk about life and abortions and all of that. You know, every time that a man has an orgasm, a hundred million sperms get wasted. Right. That's not life affirming, but it is part of nature, and that's a fact. Correct. And so you need to yeah. you need to, in that sense, nature is generous and in some ways wasteful by mm -hmm. human standards. I would rather drop the human standard. Then question, mm -hmm. then question nature, which was created the way it is, with all the possibilities, yeah. the good ones and the bad ones, was created by a, 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 I call it peace, was created by peace. Because if you go back one more step from life, which is the, which is the Christ energy, then behind that, a little deeper than my individual essence, which is empowering unconditional love, is awareness or awareness of awareness which is perfect all-encompassing peace and peace is like space you know if you if you blow up a, a, a like a some kind of a device if you blow something up in space is space affected if you blow up something in space yeah, is, is space affected no, it's not. When it gets into a vacuum, it's tricky. Yeah, no, no. Space is not affected. Space yeah. is not affected. So you can have yeah. a you can have a galaxy explode. Space is not affected. You know, same thing. You can have an orgasm, but the space your body occupies, the space itself is not affected. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You can have a yeah. war in Ukraine. Peace is in the warriors. It's around the warriors. It's above them, below them between them on both sides because peace is the foundation of all existence. It comes out of peace. It comes out of the field. The physicist will call it. It comes out of God. God is everywhere mm -hmm. like space. And in fact, it is the most boring thing to be God because you can't go anywhere because you're already there, right? I, I've heard people even say that, that they believe like we are all a part of God you are. consciousness, you are allowing him, her, it's obviously not a gender, but to experience life through us. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's lots of, you know, we talk about people have different experiences and they describe mm -hmm. those experiences in different ways. Yeah. You know, everybody mm -hmm. gets their experience based on whatever it is they need. So I'm not arguing like the mystics don't argue with each other. 
You know, they have different. Yeah. They, but what they do say is, what is your experience of divinity? Tell yeah. me what is your experience. And then what you, what you experience, you know. So then it's not belief. They know something from their own experience. Einstein says all, all knowledge comes from experience. You know, I, mm -hmm. he, he, was, he was a mystic. He had, he had some very powerful experiences. That's where his wisdom came from. Didn't come from trying to figure out in his head. In fact, he said 99 times I think and think and think and I get nothing. And then one time I shut mm -hmm. up. I, he doesn't say it quite like that, but one time I shut up and I float in silence and the answer comes to me, right? Mm -hmm. So how can mm -hmm. we become so still that, that the answer is, becomes available to us? And if stillness mm -hmm. practice for peace, you know, so going back to the, the war, right? Between the warriors, around the warriors, everywhere. So that war is taking place in perfect, all-encompassing peace on both sides. But they're not focused on that, and that's the issue. What they're focused on is mm -hmm. an idea, you're my enemy, I'm gonna kill you. And the other guys, you're my enemy, I'm gonna kill you. And so the, in perfect peace, they carry out a war. And the mm -hmm. perfect peace is not affected by the war, but the people die, right? So, so, mm -hmm. the, so and, and that peace is your universal nature. And it is, a, you know, the way I put it is like that piece, you have to go to the core of your being to access it. And, and when you access it, you feel it. So it's real as an experience. And you, and you are a center of peace. Peace is centered in you. And from there goes out to infinity, not limited by the dimensions of your body. That's an experience. Mm -hmm. And, that, and every mm -hmm. human being is a center of that peace. And every location is a center of that peace. And that peace has no external dimensions. It's infinite. <clears throat> and that's why it's also why you can call it God or you can call it, um, you know, like I said, the field, peace, space. You know, they're similar in, in, their, in their nature. Absolutely. And there's oneness I'm, there I'm and it can never get sick and never dies. Neither can the energy that is your life, that is your, your, uh, your Christ, your, your master, your life. That energy cannot be created or destroyed. It is perfect health, never gets sick and never dies. What, what was Udo Rasmus' thoughts on the Vietnam War? Uh, well, I was in was Canada, so you know, we weren't involved in the same way as the U.S. But the question for me was always... You know, why are we beating up people? Now, this is before, I, you know, I'm, I'm now talking not from the place that we're talking about. Why are we, right. what exact danger are people who are basically farmers? They're not technological. Yeah. They don't have guns. They, they don't have big weapons. How are mm -hmm. they threatening to us when they're halfway around the world from us? Mm -hmm. You know, and then, of course, the theory was, well, communism and godless communism and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, yeah. and then the question was, Gulf of Tonkin, I've heard that that never happened. Just like the weapons, of, well. just like the weapons of mass destructions never happened. It smells like a psyop. <laughs> it, it, it smells, yeah, it smells like, uh, it smells like an agenda that is not a, a god Christ and Holy Spirit agenda. 
it, it is not an agenda that is positive to life, life affirming, right? I agree, my friend. And why is that? You know, <laughs> but to go back to it is all the people who engaged in that. And you can put Trump in there and you can put Biden in there and you can put Trudeau in there <laughs> and you could put all the people that you love to hate in there. Every human being has a good heart. Not everybody's connected to the good heart in them. And when we get disconnected from that, from the good heart, that's when we start doing stupid things that are not life affirming. Yeah. Now, let me, let me take that one back a little bit. Uh, we live disconnected from ourselves. How did that happen? Well, when you were, when you were conceived, the sperm was alive and the egg was alive. And they got together, made a zygote that was alive. A one-celled fertilized egg is called a zygote. And that implanted in the wall of the uterus, at least that's what science tells us, right? Implanted in the wall of the uterus. And then you got, it got turned into a tank. I call it the Buddha tank, right? And you were there. You didn't have to breathe. You had no words. You had no concepts. You had no language. You didn't know you had a mother. You didn't know there was such a thing as a world. So you were floating in a little tank. And where was your focus when you were floating in the tank? Well, there was nothing to go out to. There was nothing to do. Everything was taken care of and it was pretty safe. So your focus was at rest inside, in its source, in life, and behind that, in that universal awareness. Probably the most safe we've ever felt. Yeah, and you were in deep meditation. In yeah. stillness. There's the stillness practice. You did nine months of it. And you know what? It was the most boring possible thing you could imagine. And you mm -hmm. weren't bored. You mm -hmm. weren't bored. You were in bliss. You were hanging out in light. You were, you, you, you know, you didn't have to do anything, right? But you were present mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. And you were, so you were present inside in your focus of awareness, but you were absent outside, right? Because you'd never mm -hmm. gone there. So then you got born. You kick, got a kicked out of paradise, got a kicked out of the Garden of Eden. That's what that's the story, right? You got yeah. kicked out and now you had to get to know the world. And so what happened is the focus of your awareness went out through your senses towards change in the outside world because you had to learn what it means and what it what it means for your survival. So you had to learn how to very quickly assess change for whether it's friend or foe or irrelevant, and mm -hmm. then respond with physical survival in mind. And in that process, you went from being present inside, absent outside in your awareness, to being present outside and absent inside. Mm -hmm. And that's a gradual process that begins the moment you're born. And by the time you're 20 years old, you don't remember anything from your womb. Sometimes you can do a, a uh, you know, a regression and you can, I, I remember light. That was my first memory was light. Light? Light. Yeah, just light. No, I don't know where I was. So I, there was just light. I was in mm -hmm. light, right? <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, and so, and so that's how we get disconnected from the good heart, from the good, you know, from the goodness that life is, from the unconditional love that life is. So we got distracted got focused outside and now we're living in reaction to all the crazy shit that happens on the outside mm -hmm. right 
whatever it is, you know. So we rise to the bait and we argue with people. We rise to the bait and we drop bombs on them. We rise to the bait and we, we diss them. You know, we rise to the bait and we try to gain power for ourselves at the expense of other people whom we disempower. You know, this is like that all comes from our disconnection from ourselves. I, and, I the cure, and the cure is not political and it's not religious and it's not uh, cultural. The cure is biological going back in our focus of awareness to where the unconditional love and the, and the all-encompassing peace in us are actually our nature. Mm -hmm. They're there in everybody. I mean, even the yeah. even the mass murderers, even the even the warlords, even the mm -hmm. the worst people you can think of, the people who've done the most atrocious thing, life mm -hmm. still takes perfect care of them, right? Mm -hmm. So they have that, and and when you help them find their way back to that inside place, their behavior changes, mm -hmm. because now they're not saying, oh. If I can get that piece of land, or if I can kill that people, or if I can get that money, or if I can get whatever it is, if I can get that, then I'll feel whole again. No, because it never happens from the outside. You are whole already. You need to, all you need to do is bring your focus to the place in you where that wholeness lives. That's the, that's the talk about learning how to live together in harmony for a six-year-old. That's how we do it. And there's no other way to do it. Can because that, we have, we have, we're wired for that shit. Can can colonialism and capitalism mm -hmm. coexist with being in that place of centeredness and life affirming and peace and making that your priority, or are they at conflict with one another? Well, I think that you know the way I think of it is: why is it that people who have billions of dollars? are still greedy and still want more and still want more and still want more. It's a disease. Yeah, but why is that? But, so can I tell you what I think? Yeah, please, please. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so, so the reason why is that these people don't feel cared for because they're not in touch with where the care in them is for them. Because mm. they don't feel cared for, they're worried that if they gave away some of what they have, they would even feel even less cared for. So they don't give it away. Now, if a person like that, if a person like that discovered the unconditional love that is taking care of them and felt cared for, they would probably become more generous in helping other people because they now feel cared for. I'm good. It's not about me anymore. Where can I help? How can I make life better for the most creatures on this planet that's possible mm -hmm. to do? Right. So it isn't about see, it's not about capitalism and it's not about isms. You know, I have had a friend who said all isms should become wasms. <laughs> but it is not about the ism. That's just a head trip. That is a substitute for trying to use something on the outside to fix what's disconnected on the inside. And it doesn't work. You know, I mean, if you have one hundred and fifty billion dollars, you'd think that you know, say, okay, well, maybe he's, at, at what point, at, at what point is enough? Now, right. now most people say well, around $70,000 $70, a year that takes care yeah. of all your basic needs. After that, it becomes diminishing returns when you make more money. 
right? Yeah. 70, maybe 80, maybe, I don't know. But but it's in, in the realm of $100,000. We'll call it 80 or 90. Yeah, let's call it 100, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but the point is that, so and so why the drive? What is the drivenness? See, I think these are people who are super driven, mm-hmm. but they've missed the education that says what you're looking for is inside of you. The Where wholeness, do they start? Huh? What? And where do where do where do they start? Where do we start? Because there's, I, I agree, and one of the yeah. most powerful meditations that my brother guided me through mm-hmm. a few years ago. I was upset with Bill Gates, yeah, and he guided me through a meditation where we prayed for him, mm-hmm. and well, we Bill realized Gates, all. Bill Gates is kept alive by unconditional love inside of him. Mm-hmm. Is he in touch mm-hmm. with it? Probably not. He might not be, and probably and I also not. And just that, because you're rich. A, just because you're rich doesn't mean you know the truth. Right. right? And, and he didn't get rich. And he didn't, there. and he didn't get rich by espousing the truth. He got rich by making a gadget with a, you know, a big idea, right? Want to be the mm-hmm. guy that everybody goes to wherever they want to go in the world, right? Microsoft. So I would assume that probably some of this starts with a desire within the individual. Okay. So let me tell, talk about that. When, the, yeah. when you came out of your mother's body and you got your awareness wandered out, your focus wandered out, that's where heartache began. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows what heartache is. I've never met a person who doesn't know what heartache is. You feel it in your chest. It's uncomfortable. Most people don't like it. They'll do whatever they can not to feel it. You could mm-hmm. also call it the angel with the flaming sword that is in the way of you returning to Eden, Right. So Can you say that last part again? I said you could also it? call that the angel with the flaming sword that that blocks your return to Eden. Okay. Because okay. to get back home, you need to have to acknowledge that ache and sit with it and sit through it and sit into behind it because that's is where your reconnection takes place. So okay. <clears throat> so heartache no, most people, and I don't know any culture that makes it really clear when your heart aches, that's your heart calling your focus to come back home inside to life where your wholeness is, where your love is. That's what heartache is. We name heartache by what triggers it. So she dumped me, I feel heartache, right? Mm-hmm. But, so the, but the trigger is not the cause of heartache. The trigger is I tried to get my jollies, my wholeness from her. And then she dumped me and I'm back to, uh, I feel unwhole, right? She was my connection to life. Well, she, she yeah, yeah. Or I used her as a substitute for connecting to myself. Yeah. And that's what heartache is. And and there's, I have 10 pages of different words that we use for that. Heartache and, and (laughs) um, uh, longing and yearning and striving and restless and Mm -hmm. empty and and sad and sorrow and grief. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. depression, you know, that's, and it's, it's a, always a feeling of discomfort here, right? In the chest. Yeah. And that's your call to come home and it will bug you until you come home and none of your substitutes are going to, are going to fix it. They fix it for, for a while because you're distracted. So you're not noticing, but they, they don't, they're not a cure. The cure is to bring your awareness home inside to where you were when you were in your mother's womb in the wholeness, in the, jo- in the unconditional love, in the peace that was there at the beginning. 
So, but what's interesting, if we just looked at what are the basic needs that human beings have and assisted each other in getting those simple needs met, we could all live together in harmony and be grateful for each other's company and be grateful for that we're not alone trying to have to deal with everything, right? But we've forgotten. Absolutely. But we've forgotten that. So we talk about, you know, the the Republicans and Democrats never stop uh, and say, "Hey, bye, hey, I got it. We need to take a pee break." If they did, they would probably begin to recognize their similarity. One of the things that uh, I've joked around with and talked with some other colleagues about is, you know, the United States, for example, I think in many ways is not agreement capable. I disagree. That makes I 100 percent disagree. Everybody is is agreement capable. Agreement capable. Yes. Yeah. Capable of an agreement. But I, I, I think like what we've done and how much we've taken advantage of so many other countries yeah. in the world, even just with like that that Vietnam situation, you know, that was yeah. like one little microcosm where yeah. I think even someone in Canada could look at it and be like, why are we doing this to farmers? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and I understand but, the situation of but, the soldiers, they're getting paid, you know, but it's, it's, I don't even know where to start. Okay, okay but I do, <laughs> I, don't know I do. <laughs> it always comes from discontent and discontent always begins with the disconnection from self, right? And then what forms does it take? Well, every form, look around. It takes every form. It takes, it takes colonialism. It takes capitalism. It takes, it takes the form of, of, uh, you know, bombers beating up farmers. It takes the form of of uh, uh, secret, secret um, uh, regime change deals. It takes the form of doing um, uh, biological warfare in secret because we're trying to get ahead. That's all comes from discontent. You know, I, I gave a talk on peace once, and I, you know, and I, I I'm, I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Uh, I started 9-11 because I realized, hey, discontent people will always spread discontent. If people who know what contentment is, and I am one of the people who claims to know what contentment is, I've been practicing a stillness practice for over 50 years. You know, if we don't do more to spread contentment than they do to spread discontent, guess where we're headed? And so then what, I'd be... What did, you th what, what did you think of 9-11? Well, you know what? I was out whitewater rafting with my kids. And, That's a good place to be. Yeah, and, That's how you and, get the peace in your life. And we, and we were in the hotel room that we saw the first the first uh, plane hit the tower, mm -hmm. and you know it was obviously everything was excited. Everybody was excited, but we had a we had an appointment with the river at 10, 10 a.m. So we had to leave, mm -hmm. and I you know and so I went on the on the whitewater raft with with 9-11 on my mind, or with the plane hitting the tower on my mind, and I looked around and I said, oh my God, the river is not affected. The bank yeah. of the river is not affected. The trees are not affected. The clouds are not affected. Yeah. And that gave me like just enough distance from it. You know, of course, I've probably watched the plane hit the towers 200 times, if not a thousand. Yeah, but that's, that's, kind, of that's kind of divine. Right. So I had to, so I had that. So again, where did that come from? Discontent. Yeah. You know, so I was giving this talk about about peace. And at the end of it, this mm -hmm. this woman put up her hand and said, well, I hope with all of this talk about peace that you're doing, I hope you're also against violence against women. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I hadn't thought about it. But I said to her, listen, 
I have never heard of, read about, witnessed an act of violence perpetrated, perpetrated by anyone on anyone else. So it's not just women, but it's children and other people. I have never heard of an act of violence perpetrated on anyone by a person in a moment of peace. You have to be discontent to take it out on others. And there's a thousand ways to take it out, but it always comes from discontent. And so what is the, so, so if that's true, then shouldn't we be promoting peace and contentment for everybody so they can tap into that and get comfortable in their own skin. And when I'm comfortable in my own skin, you can be black or white, you can be male or female, you can be, you can be uh, from any culture, any language, and I'm okay with you because I'm okay with myself. And it's always when I'm mm -hmm. not okay with you, it's because I'm not okay with myself. Right. So what is the head trip? So what is the head trip that yeah. I've made the substitute for being okay with myself? Don't accept substitutes yeah. in your own life. Get connected to your heart. That's where your contentment is. I think is. we're Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I think where a lot of us wrestle too is there's you see today such a prioritization of comfort over truth. Where peop where many people would rather watch Netflix right. and have people tell them that, no, you're not overweight. That's just body shaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this sort even, of thing. Yeah. Well, they, so, we, so we put comfort before truth, even though truth is the most comfortable thing. Right. Right. <laughs> so like, ah. and, 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 and then that's a bit of a trip because I think if you sat but, a lot of people down and you were like, well, in 9-11, how did Tower 7 just fall on its own? Yeah, it's a, that's... I don't know, but right? I don't know, but the whole thing came out of discontent, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, so, it definitely came. It definitely and, came out of discontent. And part you know? of part but. of the reason why we chase comfort so much is because if we didn't distract ourselves, then we would feel uncomfortable in our heart because we're disconnected from ourselves. It always comes back to that, right? It's so. What are the practices like? How do we how do we help the people listening that feel? Maybe they wake up and they feel like crap oh. and they're doing a lot of the things that they've heard yeah. on different people's podcasts. Yeah. And they wake up some mornings and they feel like they've been run over by a truck and they're like, I think I'm doing all the right things and I feel like crap and I'm often disconnected and I, I don't even know how to love myself. You know, where does it start? How do we how do we start giving them some tools and tactics and practices and also philosophies? You know, well, yeah. And I, I would say that where it starts is with the question, how do you feel? You know, I say to people, listen, you know, you don't have to chase heartache. Because you'll get it. Every once in a while, somebody betrays you. Somebody doesn't keep their promise. Somebody dies. You know, somebody dumps you. Maybe you're alone and you want to be hooked up. So we know that feeling. And so instead mm -hmm. of, and, and what we do is we don't like that feeling. So we, what do we do? We either distract ourselves from it or we try to ignore it or we try to explain it away by pulling some theory over our heads or... Uh, we did not no, or we deny that we feel it or we blame it yeah. on somebody. Yeah. Okay. And what I say is no, don't don't distract yourself, don't ignore it, don't deny it, don't explain it away, and don't blame it on anybody. This is your disconnection from yourself 
is a natural, normal, necessary process for every human being as part of developing and getting to know the world. So you gain the world and lose your soul. That's another way to put it, right? So right. what do you do? Sit with it. You don't have to try and find heartache. What you need to do is when you feel your heartache, sit with it. It's okay because it's super important. It is the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive. Just like thirst makes you drink water that you need to live and hunger makes you eat food to, so you can live and breathing, need to breathe makes you breathe so you can live and going to the bathroom when you need to, you know, is important, right? So you, so you don't wet your bed or your chair, right? Or, or tiredness is your is your call to go to sleep and rest, right? Mm. In the same way, heartache is your call to come home to reconnect to your wholeness. So when you feel it, be grateful for it. Sit with it. Be quiet. Sit quietly with it. You know, breathe quietly into it. Be with it. Accept it. Don't judge it. Just feel it. And see, see how deep into that feeling you can go. Because when you go, you try to actually turn it up, you, turn the feeling you up. You could, but you don't need to deep. do that. You don't need to gimmick it. But, okay. but, but, but be pre be really present to it, because that far, less than a hair's breadth behind it, is what's is what's calling you, and it'll call you till you come home. You know, and people when they're old, you know, <laughs> and rich and still stupid because they haven't never done their homework. This is the homework. This is the homework we should do before we do relationships, before we have families. Because if you have kids and you hope that they're the substitute for your heartache, you're gonna teach the kids not to do their homework because you haven't done your own homework. And you should, we need to do that homework before we run for government. And we need that homework before we, you know, we, before we hire ourselves out with a skill because you need to bring your wholeness into the world that's how you make the world whole again even though it's already whole right. but it's not whole for you right. if you're if you maintain your disconnection and don't do your homework my, my brother's really good at this mm -hmm. and he like he just got back from a trip to peru where he's studying with um a, a number of earth-based you know uh incas yeah that are teaching him like this, this path of walking. He's not doing ayahuasca and this and that, yeah. but like he's, he's going to holy sites and doing a lot of meditation yeah. and prayer and stillness. Yeah. And he said, after a long time meditating, um, you know, this past week, yeah. he was, I'll, I'll, I'll cut the story short, but he was visited by all of our grandparents. Mm. And he saw them clear as day, clearer than any television. Cool. And they were all cheering him on. Yeah for doing the heart centered work yeah. oh, cool. of healing himself. Yeah. And, 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 and he, he, he bawled for two hours and wow. felt the sadness that they had experienced and all of the trauma that my grandpa felt coming over here from Italy at age 12 yeah. and needing to earn a living for his family. And you know what that must be like for a 12 year old and, and everything, yeah. you know, everything that our grandparents had felt, he felt, and he was like simultaneously happy and, and, and bawling. 
and the people there that were with him and teaching him were just like, let's just leave him alone for a little yeah, yeah. bit, you know? And he was like, it was one of the best experiences of my yeah. life. So, you know, he's been, he's been good at creating space for those, those moments of reconnection, yeah, but you know, and allowing that energy to yeah, move. So what I would say, you know, when you like to, you, you go around the world to all the holy sites, you are the holy mm -hmm. site. You know, I, mm -hmm. I went to, I went to uh, Fatima in Portugal once long time ago. Oh, and you go to nice. that, and there. it's a Catholic thing, and uh, they saw the Virgin Mary, three three shepherd girls. They were eight, eight and ten, I think, long time ago, nineteen ten or something. And uh, and so I went there, and I didn't expect anything because I don't, I'm not into that stuff that much. But I went to this place <laughs> yeah. called uh, Fatima, and you could feel it, and you could feel it. And why is that? Yeah. Because when people go to the holy sites, they go with an attitude. They go with a certain amount of reverence. They go with a certain amount of gratitude. They go with a, you know, they go with a, an openness to, to the divine, right? Well, if mm -hmm. you spent your day in the kitchen washing your dishes, and you wash your dishes with the same attitude that they bring to Fatima, then your then your kitchen would become a holy place because you're bringing that holiness to the place. I, I felt that in Jerusalem as yeah. well. Like I went went to where Jesus was, was crucified yeah. and I was hanging out with one of my friends and I just started bawling. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd never experienced an emotion or an energy like yeah. that. And um and, and it was it was very powerful. Yeah. Um no, I'm really I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm curious too, I think our listeners, you know, I wanna I wanna touch on this because I mean so much powerful stuff. You're you're 81 years old. Yeah. You're clearly incredibly mentally sharp. You've got a number of tremendous products that have been very helpful for me and probably a, a lot of people listening to this. I mean, I just mentioned it to one of my clients and he was like, oh, so awesome. You're talking to Udo. And he's like, ask him what he thinks about eating wild caught game. Oh, yeah. Because he's a big yeah. hunter. Right. You know, so I've interviewed a lot of people in their 70s and 80s, and the majority of them that are super sharp, super healthy, eat almost entirely plants, vegan, vegetarian. That's their nutritional basis. I'm curious. Can you tell us a little bit about your nutrition, yeah. your basis? Because I think all of that ties yeah, into yeah. like your health ties yeah. into your peace yeah. and your ability to find that yeah. place of yeah. well-being and not waking <clears throat> up feeling like shit. Yeah. OK, so my brother, my, sorry, my son hunts. And when he goes mm -hmm. out for caribou, I'll have a little piece of it. I am pretty much fresh, whole, raw, organic, plant-based. Pretty much. Okay. Not dairy. Fresh, whole. Yeah. And that checks out with everyone I've interviewed that's mentally sharp and, and in and their the, 70s and 80s. And, and the right. research is pretty clear that if you want the longest, healthiest life, eat more vegetables and eat less meat. And part of it has to do with the fact that our meat is mass produced and it has pesticides and hormones and antibiotics in it. And they don't eat uh, herbs in, in the feedlot, they just eat corn. So you, what what gets comes from herbs. And, and corn with glyphosate. Yeah, oh, oh, glyphosate, well, that's pesticide, right? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a difference between the way nature made animals and the way industry makes animals. And and right. I'm always looking at how was it in nature before we got civilized. They never fry anything. Frying is the dumbest thing we've ever invented to do to food because everything you fry 
increases inflammation and the risk of cancer, whether it's carbs or proteins or fats, right? So, and the, and I wasn't always like that. We never ate a lot of meat. We lived on a farm without electricity for, uh, I, I spent part of my childhood there. We had a big garden. That's kind of cool. Actually. Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had meat once a week. My father would get a quarter of beef, keep it in a locker. Once a week, he would drive into town and pick up a hunk of meat. And we didn't have refrigeration because we didn't have electricity. So we ate meat once a week, which is probably about right. And of course, I think and so I too. think wild would be better than beef, just just because mm -hmm. of, you know, human beings cut corners. And that comes also from yeah. being discontent, right? Mm -hmm. Because if they were content, they would say, how can may we make this the most health supporting meat that is possible to make? And then they would. And how can they, how can we give this animal a great life until it gives also, its life? Yeah. And how can we and how can we even do our slaughter with a certain amount of reverence for the fact that we have to kill yeah. some things to eat. We kill the vegetables too. Right, so, yeah, we do. Good but point. how do you get the reverence? Well, you gotta be in touch with the thing in you mm -hmm. that is awed by what this is, right? Mm -hmm. Einstein said, another Einstein, right? He says, either everything is sacred or nothing is sacred. And, and, and between the two, you say, you know what? Everything is sacred. Holy smokes, imagine, imagine being a human being, being able to be a human being, made out of dirt, water, and air, you know, and getting to have the human experience. Water can't have that experience. Air can't have that experience. Dirt can't have that experience. Sunlight can't have that experience. But you mix them all together in a certain way, and you get to be a human being that has the human experience. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. What is there not to love about that? Including pain. Including mm -hmm. pain but not suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, suffering is mental in, in the way I use the word. But pain, you know, there's pain. Yeah, we all have trauma. Everybody has trauma. There's not a person, no, whether they're rich or poor, whether they're in the city or the country, whatever, wherever they come from, there's trauma in childhood because you, you, you come soft into a hard world. <laughs> and when soft meets hard, <laughs> soft, soft hurts. Trauma, right? And I think that's a beautiful recognition is that we all yeah. have it. And then so what do you so what, now what I do you think the trauma the trauma is Yeah, amplified. so now what do we do? Yeah. You have a choice, you remember the trauma and every yeah. every day you bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up like I did with all my bitching, right? About all the things that should be wrong <laughs> and should be different and blah blah blah, right? And you can do that or you can say, "Okay, what did I learn from that experience? How where do I need to be a little more careful perhaps?" Or what kind of skills need do I need to learn that will make it less likely for me to have that trauma again? Or how do I need to talk about uh, those things? So there are maybe some things to learn from the trauma, but at some point you gotta go from focus on trauma back to focus on the unconditional love that's taken care of you through all the drama and trauma and still does and begin to live your life from life for life and then you and then your trauma is done how do we do that it always goes down to stillness practice always because Med meditation whatever whatever it is you can call it self knowledge you can call What's it yours? meditation you can call it uh uh what do they call it um um uh uh 
what do they call it? They, they say it has a name. Um, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be Eastern about it, then they call it a. Um, <sighs> not stillness. Presence. Yeah, yeah awareness. awareness practice. Presence practice. Mindfulness. mindfulness that's what I meant. But mindfulness. But, we're, we're playing. We're yeah, playing. But trades. mindfulness. You you got to be careful because mind has different different meanings. Mind could be attention. You know, I'm paying attention mm -hmm. is mind, but mind is also mental, and mind is also objection. Do you mind? Do you mind? I want to share real quickly the three main reasons that so many people have horrible digestion and the subsequent downstream health consequences of a dysregulated digestive system. First, all of us have been drinking and showering in water that's loaded with chlorine and fluoride and bromide and a whole bunch of other chemicals that kill the healthy bacteria and other microorganisms in our gut. Number two, imagine you had to drink a cup of pesticide and herbicide, you know, glyphosate. It's now in everything and it's been in everything since the 1990s, but it goes one step further. Now you look at all of the technology that we have integrated into our lives. Now let's go back in time and imagine you're on the African savanna and all of a sudden a lion comes out of the brush. What's your body going to do? It's going to spike the stress hormone cortisol. Your adrenals in communication with your brain are going to see this lion. They're going to recognize that you are now in danger. Now, the problem is we're not on the African savanna and a lion didn't just come out of the brush, but we're doing that same thing to ourselves all the time. And it's part of the reason that so many guys can only eat one meal a day and they're having, you know, they're switching to carnivore. And if they have any carbs, their 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 digestion and their health is, is a wreck and their whole body gets inflamed. I can tell you also from experience that that doesn't go to a good place. And until we even have an idea of what is contributing to this situation, we can't fix it. And if you want help, that's what I do. I help people fix their gut and then get their body back functioning optimally. So if you want help with this stuff, you can go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, grab a time to talk with myself or someone from our team. That's biohackercoaching.com. Appreciate you guys. If you found this helpful or you know someone who's been struggling with digestive issues, please send it to them. And now back to the show. You've made points multiple times about the dangers of spending too much time in our head. Well, yeah, because the and, and, and I think that, that that can often disconnect us from our Yeah, our heart unless you can be, unless you can be feel these present here and here at the same time, which is also possible, but takes Correct. practice. And what we tend to do is we yeah. go here because we're trained to go here. Everything's an explanation. Mm -hmm. Everything is words, you know, and you got to get the words right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, you know, can, can we just can we just hang out in the feeling and maybe not say anything? You know, it's, it's, uh, and so we're so heady. Now we have that, that's different about us than any other creature. Every creature, like a tree is present in its space. It never leaves that space. A dog will leave its space, go out into the world, running around, getting whatever, 
you know, eating a rabbit or whatever, and it goes back here. And human beings are only only creature on the planet that goes from the heart out into the world and then doesn't go back to the heart, but goes to the head, right? Mm -hmm. And then we train the head and that makes us good, uh, good, uh, uh, you know, then you, you fill the head with narratives that makes us good slaves, that makes us easy to manage and control, <laughs> right? Because yeah. when you're present in your power, you're not that easy to control, right? And, yeah. and but your gift is not the narrative somebody imposed on you ever since you came into the world. Your gift is that you're filled with heart and filled with love and filled with peace and filled with power and filled with and Very filled well with the potential to have the most exquisite, awesome, magnificent experience of being alive. Why wouldn't you want to why if, wouldn't if you want to go thing. there? Why wouldn't you say, you know what, I'm gonna drop everything else. I really want to go there. Because yeah. well you start to realize, especially as as you as you practice being more aware and noticing when you're in your power, when you're centered, when you're feeling peaceful and yeah. loving, you start to notice it's the negative emotions that pull you out. It's the or fear. triggers. Or it's triggers. Anger. Triggers, triggers huh? that triggers. we have, you know, triggers. because something should be one way. In my opinion, yep. I think it should be this way, and then it's different, and then that's my trigger to go, ah! right? But yep. that's a trick. And when I yep. start noticing fear or yeah. triggers or trauma or anger, or even just the stress of wishing things yeah. were different yeah. than they are, it separates you from your Truth power. Is. Truth is, whenever you feel and any you of that, that's a good time to sit down, mm -hmm. close your eyes, Take three calm, slow, light breaths. Feel what's in the space your body occupies. Say, wow, how incredible it is to be alive, you know? Did you get to enjoy Ram Das at all when he was alive? I did. I, I did. He <laughs> said two things that I thought were really funny. One is uh, he says, you don't need to take a bus to Detroit if you're already there. <laughs> it's like so obvious, right? You know, and mm -hmm. then the other one was if a if a pickpocket meets a saint, he sees only his pocket, and that's about <laughs> and that's about focus, right? Yeah. That's about focus. Your quality of life is one hundred percent determined by where you focus, because you could focus to unconditional love and all encompassing peace, and inspired purpose. That was those would be inner focus because they're part of your being. Or it could be focused in what's wrong with blacks and what's wrong with whites, you know, and, and you know, why do we, I, the painter next door, he's, I talked to him just a little while ago, he's half Mexican, half English, but he told me he was Mexican. And I laughed and I said, oh yeah, you, you, Mexico is a nice place, not so many gringos. And he laughed. But then I found out he was half white and half Mexico. Mexican says, oh, okay, so so we, we love the Mexican in us and we hate the gringo. <laughs> or we go like, you know, love the Mexican in us and, and hate the gringo, right? And we just laughed about right. it because it just was, was really funny between us, yeah. right? Yeah. But all of that stuff, it always is because I'm disconnected from myself and I've substituted thoughts for feelings, right? Or so concepts for feelings. Or yeah. experience. Yes. And, uh, and exactly. life is supposed to be an experience. You are filled with experience. When you sit down mm -hmm. and get quiet, and then they say, notice or sense 
what occurs in the space your body occupies. So the issue is not the method, you know, when we talk about, so how do we do that? You know, first of all, you want to get to being, not doing, because being is your foundation. You know, you can be without doing, but you can't do without being. So being many, is your many foundation. Many of us are, are human doings. Yeah, yeah we're, at, we're addicted to doing to-do lists. and we're living without lists. and we're living without foundation. Yeah. So when you want to go to that foundation, that's the first question is, first of all, understand that what was in the master is within you. Life, it's called life. Life is the master. Mm-hmm. It runs everything. Is already within you. What you're looking for is already within you whether it's peace or joy or happiness or contentment or, or love or, or inspiration or purpose or, you know, or magnificence or awesomeness or truth or beauty or, you know, it's already in your nature. That's really good news because yeah. now it's just a matter of, okay, how do I go there? You have a lot less books to read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do I go there? Very simple. You need to, the only freedom you have, by the way, is the freedom to move your focus from place to place. That's the real freedom mm-hmm. you have. You don't have freedom. you got to pay taxes. That's not freedom, right? <laughs> right? You, you, you can't fly without, without airplanes. That's not freedom, right? No, if you literally want to do what you want to with whomever you want to, whenever you want to, Without consequences, no, that doesn't work either because freedom has consequences. Actions have consequences. So you don't Even have free speech. You say the wrong thing to the wrong person, you get punched in the face. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Words have consequences, right? Yeah. And especially when they're disconnected and you're disconnected, then you can end up in a shit bar fight, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. so I forget where we were going. Uh, well, here's what I'm curious yeah. about too. Is is like you've 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 helped us realize how all of this is already oh, within yeah. us. So yeah. So the only thing that needs to happen is your focus. So like, where's your focus right now? Your focus is on a picture on your computer that has has my face on it, right? Because mm-hmm. you're paying attention and you're looking at me and you're listening to me, right? And mm-hmm. you're listening to me. And you're listening pretty hard because you want to be able to enter the conversation and ask questions and, you know, further the conversation, right? So your focus is on Mm -hmm. that. What if your focus was in the center of your head? What if your focus was in the center of your lungs or your, what we call the heart? What if your focus was on the, on how your bum feels on your chair or how your feet feel on the ground or your neck and shoulders you can you know so we it's not hard to move your focus around we're not that good at focusing deeper inside just because we never do it we're so used to i mean you can literally oh look at the left corner of your room oh look at at the carpet oh look at at the door oh look at at that leaf oh look at at the table look at this look at that and we can literally move our focus from everywhere to everywhere really fast we're really good at it in the outside world. We're not so yeah. good at doing it in the inside world just because we, we don't practice, just because we don't do much of it. So you got to practice till so you get good at it. there's so much external stimuli. What's that? There's so much external stimuli. Yeah. You know, you've and, got your phone and Netflix yeah, yeah. and music and, yeah. and, you know, and people and everything. And, and <laughs> all of that has to do with survival. 
right? Mm -hmm. But you're not going to survive. So why don't you thrive until you check out? See, you're not going to survive. Yeah. Your body is time limited, right? One day it's going to check out. Your life and body will part company. Your body will be finished and it will get recycled in, in nature. That's a fact. You know, and you don't have to be worried about it. And you don't know when it's going to happen. And don't dwell on it. Dwell on being present in what you got now, mm -hmm. right? So take time every day to spend time just bringing your focus inward as much as you can. And if you want, you, now, do you, you, do you do you make a practice of that? I do it every day. I've been doing it for over 50 years. You sit, you sit down and meditate. Actually, Is this transcendental meditation? I actually, no, it's different. It's called self-knowledge. And, and I got it from uh, in 1972. Uh, in fact, if you want to find out where to go for it, uh, you can go to premarawat.com. How, how do you spell that? P R E M R A W A T dot com. And there's something there called Peak Peace, Education, and Knowledge. And so what it is, it's, he, he sets the context for it because when, you, when people say, oh, you know, practice some kind of meditation, when I started, it was like, well, that's a weird thing to do because I had nothing in my culture that made, that, where yeah. that made sense. So what he does, is he puts it in context and he talks about dignity, he talks about peace, he talks about choice, and he talks about a few other things. And then if you want to learn the method, then you, uh, you uh, at the end of it, um, you can let somebody know and they will set up a session where you get taught some techniques. You know, what a master brings to you is, um, is, can be very important. But what you bring to the master is just as important. Because if you're not teachable, you ain't gonna learn. And a master mm -hmm. can't bring your, your interest, your, uh, your wanting to know. So the big thing is, number one, it's within you. Number two, is this something that you want? And then number three is, how, what are you willing to commit to getting it? Yeah. Right. Just like everything else. Or even, or even sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice, well, you don't have to sacrifice explain. anything. You, 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 you have to maybe spend some time just developing that track in your own life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if you go to somebody and I always say to people, you know, try and do it yourself. Try and do it without help. See how far you get. And you may, might get to a point. You might. I don't know. You might get to a point where you say, you know, like I got to a point where I said, you know, I know there's a perfection within me. I know I'm not connected to it. And I need to find someone to show me a step. And that's when I was ready to be shown a method because I got to the point because I'd been trying to figure it out and I got a certain distance. Mm -hmm. But then I got to, yeah, I, I think I need some help. The help will be useless to you if you don't recognize that you, that you need some help. So, so yeah, try and do sure. it without help, you know, and you can read all the books and now, you know, sometimes it just gets you more in your head and you, you know, and now yeah. you've got eight, 18,000 different, I mean, there are so many different techniques and different pe teachers, different techniques, different people, maybe different techniques. And people are so busy these days too, where it's like, they're like, okay, I've got 15 minutes to meditate. They sit down. They're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, you know, repeat a mantra yeah, or just, or, sit, or yeah, or just even the mantra, you know, I, I'm, I'm a least interested in the mantra because I don't want more, more words in my head, you know? So yeah. what I would like to do is I want, you know, and I, I ask myself the question, 
how still can I get? How deep? Yeah, how I like deep, that. I do, I do that how too. deep can I go into that stillness? How long? How, how much can I relax? How long? If I'm like, how long can I stay there? Yeah. How yeah, lightly? Like, can, how lightly and slowly can I breathe? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I start yeah, by yeah. saying, okay, I am peace in my mm-hmm. universal essence. Let me feel that peace. That's almost mm-hmm. like a prayer, right? I am unconditional love in my individual essence. I want to feel that love, please. Yeah. You know, or sometimes and I'll I, even I say, like that- I don't know. I want to know. Please show me. I don't even know who I'm talking to when I ask it, but it makes my intent clear. I think it makes us a better receiver as well. Yeah. And, and the prayer is not for the big guy. The prayer is for us because the prayer sets us up for being open to what's already happening. You know, it's not it, it's not like a formula where you say, oh, yeah, I, blah, 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 blah. Oh, come, 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 come. No, no, it's already there. You're not there. It's already yeah. there. Exactly, exactly. So the okay. focus. I didn't understand what you meant at first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pe- you know, like, people the, have the, formulas. The creator, the higher power is always connected to us. Most yeah. of the time we're disconnected. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Say, hey, that's, I'm here. That's what I mean. I, I intend to connect. Yeah. And, and, and people always say, well, how do I do this? Well, this is not a formula. This is the only thing that doesn't have a formula because it's your essence. It's your being. You know, you don't, you don't, formulas get, you know, formulas are steps for doing. And here you're trying to get mm-hmm. out of doing and go into being. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Relax. Can you, how deeply can you relax? You know, how can you, can you relax out of your body? Can you relax out of your mind? Can you relax out of your thoughts? And you usually relax into feeling in the space your body occupies. Yeah. It's very funny. I was, I've been taking uh, Latin social dancing, like mm-hmm. salsa and bachata classes. Yeah. I wanted some, some social stuff to do. I wanted to get good yeah. at dancing. I've wanted to do it for like 20 years, never have. And I was at class a few weeks ago in bachata and, you know, I'm dancing with one of my partners. I thought I was doing a pretty good job. And the instructor was coming up and I was ready for her to tell me how good I was doing. Mm-hmm. And she comes up and she taps me and she goes, you are very tense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's yeah, right. She's yeah, like, yeah, you know, just, I was just like, I was going through it and I was just, I was trying too hard and I was, yeah. I was just being a yeah, big, yeah. A, a bad receiver. Yeah. The only, the only way she could have better, the only way she could have done that better is to yell in your face, relax, will ya? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so where does health fit into this? And, and you Hope. know, your sister, you, you talked about your sister kind of yeah. lighting a fire under your bottom yeah. and saying, quit complaining, like yeah. do something about it. And, and, and I thought for a long time about, you know, what, what can I create that could be a gift to humanity that scales beyond me? You've done that. Yeah. You know, your, your three, six, nine oil blend is something that that I've taken many times over the years and absolutely love. Can you talk a little bit about the the oils in our life and the products that you've created and and how health relates to everything we've been talking about? In order to really give them, give them the attention they ought to have, you know, oils are the most neglected uh, area in nutrition. They're the most sensitive nutrients. They're the most easily damaged. They need the most care. We give them the least care. And I developed a method for making oils with health in mind. That means you have to make a very tight system because I realized we could help almost everybody if we could make omega-3s with health in mind because 99% of the population doesn't get enough for optimum health. But in Mm -hmm. order to really lay that out in a way that, that gets people to understand 
the whole foundation of it. What I'd like to do with you, if you're up for it, is to do a, a separate one because that'll take another hour and a half. We'll talk about oil and digestion two. and greens and, and just like the whole field of health. And we'll touch into- I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I I'll, would love and, to do it. And we'll touch into what these things we're talking about now, what role they play in health, because we haven't really mm -hmm. done that. But it's super I think important. That would, yeah. I think, that, I think that would be great and probably the best, the best way to handle this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can tell our listeners that I've used a number of your products. Probably the one yeah. that I've used the most is the Udo it's 369 oil, oil blend. Yeah. We'll talk about that on, on a separate podcast, but that's your, your website's udoschoice.com. Yeah, and also udoerasmus.com, but that's a work in progress where we're talking about yeah. the bigger picture. Because my, my bigger picture came out of, you know, I, I started working with oils, then I started working with digestion because that's the second most messed up part. And then mm -hmm. I got into greens because they're the foundation of everything. And then I said, what, you know, and then I had a bunch of other stuff, but I said, what else affects health? And I came to the conclusion, everything affects health. Yeah, so you everything. literally <laughs> have to give everything it's due if you want to live the best life. Talk about hacks. Peace, when mm -hmm. you practice peace, it actually mm -hmm. reverses aging. How Absolutely. about that? Right? Yeah. Or when you feel loved and you're not just frying yourself from your cortex. Right. It's mm -hmm. what we do with our negative, negative, negative. You think your negativity doesn't hurt you? <laughs> Hello. Right. And probably and, the biggest thing. Yeah. And, and we were told in psychology, when you complain, you know, here's what's going on when you're complaining. And we com we all complain. We love to complain about politics and politicians and we love to complain about just about everything. When you complain, you know that there's a higher standard. And you want somebody else to do the work to build that standard. Yeah, exactly. That's what's exactly what's, what complaints are. So stop yeah, complaining, you, you, build the you standard. Out, you outsource responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you say, hey, yeah, yeah. Give, give, me the next, yeah. give me the next hero. Yeah, and what they're Who's saying is stop complaining, do the work. That's yeah. true on the outside as well as on the inside. You know, because, well, this has been you know, a, because, a because, you know, Biden, who lives in D.C., right? Imagine yeah. Biden as the leader of the nation or Trump, or whoever's going to be the next guy, living in yeah. D.C. He doesn't even know what's all going on in his family. You think mm -hmm. he can know what's going on in, 300, in 330,000 Americans and then help them? No, you live there, and you know what's going on, and you need to do million, it. Million. And, you're the, yeah, yeah. and you're the president in your little sphere of influence. You're, I mean, the whole, the whole presidential model, like when you, when you have almost 350 million yeah. Americans, it makes no sense for one person to be in charge. Yeah. You know, there's you're, so many. Can, can I tell you, the, the leadership model is completely stupid. You know what the leadership model stupid. needs to be? It's really cool. The leader. I take responsibility for my stuff. The leader. And my family. The leader <laughs> who does everything, runs everything, is life. Every yeah. American. 330 million, whether they're legal or illegal, no matter where they come from, has that leader living inside of them. And if mm -hmm. they connect with that leader, that leader will never steer them wrong in the advice it gives, not from the head, this is not in words, but in what you observe and in what you then respond with, will never lead you wrong in the trench you're in. And we have then 330 million people 
all following the same leader who is simultaneously present in every one of those 330 million lives. That's the model of leadership that actually works because life is already the leader. I agree. Right? I agree. And, you know, it's kind of funny, but like I'm, I'm, I'll say, I'll mention this in closing and then we'll we'll do a part two. Yeah. And I'd love I think our audience guys, if you guys enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends and family members and coworkers that would resonate with anything that Udo has shared or that that, that we've discussed on this episode. And then um, and then stay tuned. We'll do a part two and we'll get into really some of these amazing products and the reason that he created them and how they can impact your health and, and elevate you to make some of these things easier in your life, because I know you're yep. busy and, and and I know that, you know, we all have limited time. Um, but my uncle, who's probably been like the most in tune guy that I've known, he's always been kind of quiet and humble, um, very good at discerning truth and loving and kind. Um, and, you know, his, his, his wife, my aunt, she worked at the church and she volunteered her time. Both of them like, living examples of a lot of the stuff that's talked about biblically in Christianity mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the religions really, yeah. you know, and I never really understood. I was like, wow, they could make so much more money if this, you know, he's an amazing carpenter and she has all these different skills, but they weren't interested in that. I didn't understand it growing up mm-hmm. as I was going through school and he would catch spiders in the house and go out of his way to go hold the spider in his hand, take it outside and release it. Yeah. And I would see these things and I'd be like, why would you just kill the spider? Yeah. You know, but it was this all encompassing framework yeah. that they lived by, yeah. which was we're all powered by life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you don't respect that on the micro level, you don't respect that on the macro level. And I feel like that's a big part of what you've been sharing today. And, yeah. and, and, and I really appreciate the message that you've. Yeah. That, let me say one more here, thing so about you. my mother. You know, my mother was yeah, not please. religious. My parents were nominally Lutherans, but they didn't mm-hmm. practice the religion for them. Nature was was the church, basically. So mm-hmm. my mother, when when she passed at the funeral, there were a number of people who got up and said she was more Christian than the Christians that I know. Yeah. And of course, in a way, that was my experience with the Christians, too. You know, they were very judgmental, even though the message is love. <laughs> you know, it's like absolutely. OK, but exactly. But applying, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. But applying that love in our in our lives and getting in touch with it more deeply so that we can apply it more seamlessly is where the salvation of the nation lives. That's it. I completely agree. Yeah, and you know, well said, and we need friend. to do that because right now we're on on a very destructive path. I, I yes. worldwide. We're, we're worldwide. In, we're in complete agreement there. Totally, totally. And um, well, Mr. Udo Rasmus, this has been a fantastic conversation. We're going to do a part two, so guys, stay tuned for that. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, as I mentioned, share it. And uh, Mr. Udo Rasmus. War baby, if I may call you so. Sure. I like that nickname. Sure. Like. <laughs> Where can people uh, stay up to date on cool things you're working on and uh, projects and how can yeah. they support you and show that they appreciate what you brought here today? Yeah. Not, I'm not hard to find with a name like Udo, U-D-O. I'm not hard to find. There's not a lot of Udos around. But I have the the website, Udo's, Cho- Udo's Choice, U-D-O-S-Joyce.com. That's where we talk about the products. And then the Udo or Udo Erasmus, and uh, if you, I'm on on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on uh, Instagram and I have a YouTube channel, 
And there's quite a bit of stuff on those. I've been around for a while. I'm not hard to find. But, but the person you really need to find is yourself. How do you become, how do you become lit up in your own life? That's the most important mm -hmm. thing, important thing, because I, I'm not looking for followers. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that some of what I say lands for you and becomes your own understanding of yourself, because it, it might actually a make thousand. sense. And then follow yeah, you, that, and then that. follow your understanding and find your own experience. So important. Oh, yeah. So important. A, a, a thousand uh, candles can be lit with a single match. Yep. Yeah. And the, the world of like, you know, followers and this and that and looking to other people, yeah. it, it, it takes your focus away from the light within you. Yeah. Let's 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 do something new. Let's all master what the masters mastered. And then we have a, mm -hmm. a, a, a country full of masters, but mm -hmm. you'll always be a work in progress. So don't say I'm the, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. You know, there are people who <laughs> yeah. say that, you know, there's like people say, I'm Jesus Christ, you know, like schizophrenic sometimes. And the problem, money. the problem wasn't that they said, I'm Jesus Christ. The problem was the tone said, I'm Jesus Christ and you are not. What if, mm -hmm. what if you're Jesus Christ? Except that's not right, right? Because, but what if Christ, you know, Jesus was a man and Christ. Well, Jesus like was, us was made in God's image. Yeah. And Christ we was the image. Made in God's image. But you're all made in God's image. And Christ yeah. lives within you just like he lived within them then. After all, he was an Arab, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Well said, my friend. Yeah. Well, Mr. Udo, this has been an awesome right. conversation. We'll, um, you and I will touch base. We'll, we'll schedule a part two. Yeah. And we'll go deeper. And guys, if you want some of the health strategies that Mr. Erasmus has used to be able to bang out uh, amazing, you know, almost two-hour podcasts at 81 years old <laughs> and live in a state of vibrant health, and we, then we're going to cover that. And we could go. <laughs> and and um, we could go for another three hours. <laughs> yeah, we probably, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Mr. Udo. Yeah. This has been a blessing Thank you. and a lovely conversation. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's awesome. 